He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture. Theology. Life. So, Jonathan, we left it last time, getting into Jonah chapter 4, uh, and we didn't make it very far. <laughs> we, we got into Jonah 4, verse 1, but I think there's good reasons. We saw the sweeping character, the climactic character of Jonah chapter 4, and we we saw Jonah hemmed in with his evil, and we saw that it got real hot for him, uh, hot so hot that he was he became angry. And now um, we got to take the rest of scene six, the couple of verses, and we're going to see that his anger actually comes from bad theology. <laughs> and really bad theology. Like small hopes for God and um, like little imagination. This is his problem, but we should maybe refresh those verses two and three. I'll read them and then let's just get into... Um, the sort of the roots of Jonah's anger. Here's what he says. He prayed to the Lord. I'm glad he's praying to the Lord, by the way. He does it next time. Right. Here he does. He prayed to the Lord, his father. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall. That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. All right, Timothy, we got to talk about bad prayers. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about horrible prayers. You know, I I get this a lot. I get this a lot. uh, People... People really worry, uh, and I've counseled people on this. They really worry about praying bad prayers to God. And uh, this is an example of a really bad prayer. Yes, it is. It's a really horrible (laughs) prayer. And they, and uh, you know, God says no to it, by the way. Yeah, he does. Well, he doesn't answer it, right? (laughs) Thank God. Thank thank God. Well, he doesn't die. It doesn't strike. It's not an Ananias and Sapphira moment, right? Right. (laughs) But it's a bad prayer. And I look. uh, I, I'm here's the thing. Somebody somebody said this to me. One of my good friends actually here in Aiken said this to me. And he said, you know, when you're struggling, you might God already knows you are. The Lord already knows what you're feeling inside. If you're angry at the Lord and you've never wanted to stare at that or admit that or say that out loud, just admit it already. Just say it. The Lord knows it already. You might as well come out with it. And so that's the place of bad prayers. All it's doing, the only thing a bad prayer is doing is mirroring what you're already feeling toward God anyway. You might as well tell him. Yeah. Just just tell the truth. Well, and then he, he can deal with you through his word. And, and, and you know what else? I mean, we're praying to our father who sent his son for us. I think about that all the time, actually. I think about that all the time. I... I always start 
my prayers in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because it's only by the washing of my baptism that I can even begin to address God as Father. That So our prayer life is so, you know, it's almost like it revolves around me. And uh, you, you, you can... You can question that all day and all night. Lord, do I have a selfish prayer life? Lord, is this the right prayer? I mean, frankly, we have to trust in God's grace at that moment and remember that he commands us to pray. He commands sinners to pray and to come into his presence. What are sinners going to do with that privilege? You know? They're going to muck it up. And, And so this is a beautiful example, as ugly as it is, of one of God's own children crawling up onto his lap and just pounding on his chest. Yeah. I am angry at you. And you can just tell, like, it, I, can, I bet the tears are flowing down his face. You know, he he's, has, he's got he's this broken. rhetorical, he's got this rhetorical question. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? Which, by the way, if you ask God a question, you might as well let him answer it. But, <laughs> <laughs> he, but he just, he's so angry. At, at the Lord that he's he's sticking his finger in his chest and he's accusing him. I know you. I knew it, Lord. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And then he just lights him up. He just lights him up. That's why this is what I was trying to do, Lord. I was trying to get away to, to Tarshish because I knew that you're going to be this way. And this now. <laughs> oh, man. What do you say about this? Because. What he's mad about is, and again, at least let's, we can say this that's positive about Jonah. He is not complaining about his life circumstances. He is not angry at, um, he knows he's not specifically angry at, at, at some event that happened. He is angry at who the Lord is in his essence. Well, he figured it out. <laughs> he figured it out. Like he went to the roots and the depths of his heart. And he, fi- he, Jonah's smart. You know, he knew why he was really angry. And he's right. You know, he was, he was angry because God is gracious, because God doesn't rule in the world on the principle of justice and just wipe the wicked out. He doesn't do that. He doesn't remove the people from your life and strike them down with lightning, even though he probably should, you know, he lets them go on. He lets them cheat you. He lets them do awful things to you because God is gracious. He loves the other person. And Jonah's mad about that. He doesn't think that's right. He doesn't think it's fair. You know, I think we can understand that. But he finally, he realizes he goes deeper than most people do, and he realizes what he's really mad about is that God is good. That his yeah. heart not only includes Jonah, but the person who hurt you deeply. And you can and you can tell here too, just his language. He's he's doing Old Testament creedal stuff. Like we could say this is the John three sixteen of the Old Testament that he's really reiterating in his own way. He is pulling out his deep faith in the Lord. And he's saying, look, I, Lord, I know you're gracious and compassionate. I, 
you're slow to anger, which, uh, man, I, there's no irony in that. That is, (laughs) oh my goodness. That really struck me this time around as we were dealing with Jonah here, here, the Jonah's just furious. He's fast to anger. Yeah. He's fast. He just, he's done, you know, over this one circumstance and here the Lord is so slow. He's so slow to anger and thank you know, thank the Lord for that, Jonah, because otherwise the Lord would have sent a lightning bolt right here and right now over this prayer. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he doesn't. So he's he's slow to anger. Um, and I think we all have to, I hope, dear listeners, you know, this is a podcast note. Will you just please enjoy this about your God? Because that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, he he is the slow to anger, abounding in love, God. I, <laughs> yeah, this God that's just leaping leaps and bounds of love that He covers you with, a God who relents from sending calamity into your life. This is who God is. This is this is the core of His identity. These are His characteristics. Characteristics. If you want to understand God's essence, uh, who He is. Uh, Jonah's telling you. Now, now, Jonah, we should point this out. Jonah does pull a little bit of a Pope Francis here. You know what I mean? Oh, what do you Francis? mean by that? What do you well, mean by he, that? Like, he, Pope Francis apparently wants to change the Lord's Prayer and make it into the Pope's Prayer, you know, and change yeah. and lead us not into <laughs> temptation, even though that's not what Jesus said. But that's maybe a discussion for another day. Yeah. Jonah, Jonah wants to change the Old Testament creed from Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7. In what way? So he adds a phrase in there to fit his own sort of theology and, and to fit his argument. He, he wants to show the Lord that the Lord is unjust, like unjust. He's, he's not doing right towards Jonah, towards mm. the people of God. And so he adds that phrase, a God who relents from sending calamity, because God relented from sending calamity on Nineveh, of course. And he omits. So anyone, anyone who knows, like, the conclusion to the Ten Commandments from the small catechism, or uh, he omits the part that God is a jealous God, punishing mm-hmm. the children for the sins of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him. So he is just. He is a just God. But Jonah won't admit that. Jonah doesn't want to talk about it. He leaves it out and he says, God, you are unjust in your grace, in your mercy, in your compassion. You should have wiped Nineveh off the map. Right? Mm -hmm. And so he he does pull a little bit, bit of a Pope Francis here. So, so I mean, I think I think there's a lot we should say about that. But you can twist and manipulate the scriptures to fit your theological argument and to fit your mood. If you want to feel angry, you can make the scriptures, you know, turn them against God who gave them to us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. If we want to if we want to believe that God's God's grace enables him to ignore true justice and true have, victims, you know, save true victims. and Yeah, then we we don't understand our God at all. We don't understand his holiness then and his love for things to be right. Yeah, I mean, that's a 
that's a profound comment there for us to really pay attention to the scriptures, despite the way that we may feel about them. They I mean, have great, great clarity. Anytime you do this to the scriptures, it's satanic in nature. Right? That's exactly what we've mentioned this before. That's exactly what Satan did to Jesus when Satan quoted back the scriptures to Jesus. He left part of that psalm out. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he did. And, and that's what Jonah's doing here to fit his own argument that God's unjust. Yeah, it, so, and I think this is pretty important in, in our world today, too. I, I, I don't think in my short lifetime, and admittedly my life experience is very small, but I can't remember a time when there's been more angry people more people feeling injustices in life, or maybe I'm just n- noticing it more because of social media or, or or reporting or something like that. Maybe those people have always been around. But it seems like everybody's feeling injustices a lot these days. Well, and, and at least at least we should say this. The politicians know this about people, that if they stoke people's anger, that they're gonna get a they're gonna get a response. Yeah. They're gonna get people into the streets. They're gonna get people to give donations. You know, and so even if people aren't angry, there are people on you know whatever wherever you lean politically that want you to be angry. <laughs> we have so many, and I I know I think it's worth pointing out, and because I've 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 counseled people on this a lot, angry people people angry about injustice. And one of the greatest resources we have is to understand God is a jealous God. He is a just God. He is a holy God. And I actually love this time of year for that when, you know, it's the season of Advent. Um, I'm not, this podcast, I think this one's going to probably come out in Epiphany. And even there, you can see that as Jesus comes into the world, he comes into the world to fix Injustice, not just to forgive sins, but to make all things new. And uh, boy, that is a powerful resource. He doesn't want things to stay bad. And they won't. You know, the Lord says, vengeance is mine. And that's one of the important texts, you know, formed the theological basis for Jesus' ministry. Isaiah, uh, was it 61? Yeah. Isaiah 61, Luke chapter 4. Um, that God will come, you know, and we believe that. And that's, that is a, a resource for our lives. Like when some, something in unjust happens to us that we, we give that to God. We Jonah, at the very, Jonah at the very least does not have that theology in his heart right now. It is absolutely missing. And that's what we can notice in this little creed that he has. He is a God who relents from sending calamity. That's clearly what just happened. He's also God who somehow, some way um, is going to, and we can talk about Judgment Day, right? Or, and we can also talk about Jesus' cross where finally justice and um, forgiveness meet. Now, now, the most, I think the most troubling thing about what's happening today is that, that anger, and again, you know, I, people could push back on me, but I think anger has become almost a virtue in our culture. If you're not angry about something, if you don't have some kind of cause, people are, they look down on you. Like, what's wrong with you? Why, why aren't you angry? 
um, why aren't you ticked off about this this thing? And why aren't you uh, more active about that thing? And and I think I think we have to take the scriptures really seriously about the the real disastrous effects of anger on the sinner. And and you can see them so like Jonah is example A, okay? Jonah is example A. It is it is like salt on metal. He Jonah it's corrosive, it, right? He's going down. He he goes so far down. We're not going to be able to unpack this all today. You just you just like totally admitted you're a, a Yankee just now. Why? <laughs> Salt on metal. <laughs> hey, it's winter around here, so <laughs> yeah, we don't deal with that down here. But you guys know, you Southerners know what we're talking hey, about. Give right? a Southern metaphor, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, simile. Uh, it'd be a simile. Cockroaches on fabric. I don't know. Palmetto bugs. Whatever. <laughs> Termites I, and wood. <laughs> I mean, what we're trying to say is it's bad because what happens is. Jonah's so mad that he wants to die. Like he he wants his existence just to end. That's what he says. He's sad and mad. All just blows up in suicidal in a suicidal prayer. You know, so this is we shouldn't I I'm smiling right now. I shouldn't be, but this is so stereotypical Jonah, right? He says, "Now Lord, take my life for it's better for me to die." than to live. He's imagining himself uh, as one of the great prophets. He is praying the exact same prayer Elijah prayed. <laughs> he I mean he knew that little he knew that little Bible story. He knew that Elijah was was running away from uh, the threats of Jezebel. I'm taking you out, Elijah and uh, he ends up running away in a fit of depression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he also knew Moses had had prayed a similar prayer too. All oh, these people are too heavy for me, Lord. I want to be done with this, et cetera. And so in his mind, uh, he's one of the greats. And he's like, Lord, I am really being persecuted here right now. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what's funny about that psychology is we could look at Moses and say, he was carrying an incredible weight there. Those people were very rebellious and, and grumbling people uh, in that wilderness generation. And uh, you, similarly, Elijah had suffered uh, an incredible uh, event in his life, you could say. You know, he had just had that amazing face-off with the, with the prophets of Baal, won a great victory, and found out it didn't mean anything, you know. He, there was still a threat on his life, and that he had he went from the highest of the highs to the lowest of the lows and wrecked him psychologically, and so he ends up running. Uh, in stark contrast to that, Jonah has saved an entire city. <laughs> <laughs> he had he had actually accomplished. You know, I mean, we mentioned this already, right? Arguably the greatest conversion in world history, and he goes, "Lord, I." <laughs> I'd I like want to, to check out. <laughs> I want, and so there's great biblical irony here. There's great, great biblical uh, irony. There's so much tension, so much irony, so much sarcasm in these verses. I think one of the things we 
we just have to say is that anger is really dangerous for our lives. Like we yeah. shouldn't let people stoke it and, and we can't let it, you know, stick around. And I think we'll have to follow God's anger management course real closely here to kind of figure out, well, how do we get anger out of our lives here? But I, can I, can I say this though, Timothy, this language here for it's better for me to die than to live that, that was only true for one person in history. And that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For him, it actually was better to die to, to pay for our fits of depression, for our death wishes that we have in life sometimes. And, oh man, uh, for, I, I really want people to hear that. If you've ever had a death wish in your heart, if you've ever prayed a prayer like this, if you're out there and you're angry about your life, perhaps even suicidal, you need to look at Jesus right now. Uh, who, because you're probably beating yourself up about this. Why? Why do I feel this way about my life? Why am I so angry right now? Look at how much the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He went to the cross. It was better for him to die than to live, so that you can live, so that you can live. And um, oh man, I take that home. And there's and there's so much hope too. That there's so much hope for for anyone who's thinking this way. That, you know, God, if our imaginations, I, I have the worst imagination, but if we could just have a biblical imagination about what God wants to give to us and that he will give to his His children, uh, those who have been washed clean in his name, oh, we, we'd begin to hope again that, you know, there's a shalom waiting for us out there. And I, I, and I think it's my prayer you know, I feel like we're wrapping up this podcast right now. It's really my prayer that anybody who's listening, you're having this conversation with us in your own heart. And that's exactly what's happening here to Jonah. He's dialoguing with the Lord. When we have our messed up theologies, when we have our distorted thoughts, um, the best thing that we can do with them is out them and speak them out loud so that then you can receive the counseling that you need for those thoughts. You know, I, that's an incredible insight. Like sometimes, sometimes we have to say it out loud. And and we even like, we even leave ourselves like surprised, like, whoa, that happened to me the other day. I said something out loud and I was like, whoa, you're right. Holy cow. You know, like there's no holy cows, but holy cow. Um <laughs> You say it out loud and and you come to this. I wonder if Jonah stunned himself that he wanted to die. I didn't realize I was this angry. I didn't realize I had this kind of thought about my God. And and then you get to come face to face with the God, not the God of your heart, so to speak, but the God who actually is. A God who, in Jesus Christ, um is completely and absolutely just and yet forgives us and has compassion on us and is slow to anger and abounding in love. And he's a God we can trust with our lives. Whatever's going on in him right now.
are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the cost of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517. Scripture. Theology. Life.